Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tullamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. Worshaw.ie. Now, good evening and welcome to Country Life here on Midlands 103. It's MJ Cleary with you for the next hour, bringing you the latest from the Midlands and further afield from the worlds of agriculture, food and agribusiness. Now, thank you all for joining me. And weather, weather, weather is always the first topic on the programme. An amount of respite from the rain these last couple of days, but still hugely unsettled and more of the same into next week. We'd all love some settled weather now for a period. Obviously, we don't want the heat in Europe that is taking over, but the tail end would be ideal for a fortnight or so. Fingers crossed coming towards the end of the month. Now, last week, dairy's dirty secret was the topic of the evening. And I spoke with Pat McCormick, who featured on the programme. I mentioned to you that I had requested an interview with Fran McNulty, the man behind the programme, and I received no word back from RTE, so radio silence, as they say. Uh, And that is where that matter is at the moment. Now, this week's programme, and I mentioned to you all in the programme seven days ago about an event in Gertine Ag College tomorrow. It's called Energy and Farm Diversification. And it has a huge lineup of talks and exhibits. Brendan Hennigan is a man who will be speaking at the event tomorrow. Brendan is a business coach for startups and entrepreneurs. A company we all know very well is JFC. And Brendan was involved with them since the very start. So a very interesting man whom we will be chatting to later. This is National Farm Safety Week. And something that caught my eye with regards to farm safety is that of animal handling. The ag colleges around the country have come up with an ingenious way of training their students on animal handling with purchasing of cow simulators. So what's a cow simulator, I hear you ask? It's a large plastic rubber cow that simulates a calving. So each student can calve down a cow and understand how to restrain her and also good husbandry practices. Really, really interesting, I must say. And principal of Gertine Ag College, John Parry, joins me later to chat about this. Ossery Show in County Leash is taking place this weekend. Peter Ging joins me to chat about what's on offer. Peter, who is also involved in the National Holstein Frisian Association, had a big event on his farm last week. We'll hear about that too. Now, please text me on 083 30 10 103. I'd be happy to put anything to the guests this evening or indeed if you just have a comment that you want read out, pop one into me and we'll do our best to get it read for you. Just as I was coming off air last week, news of the European nature restoration law broke and the extremely surprisingly omission of re-wetting peatlands was part of it. So with news on this is Westmead man with the Irish Farmers Journal, Noel Barden joins me now. Noel, many thanks for taking my call this evening. Thanks MJ. Uh, Noel, welcome to the programme. First time on with me, your local man, Westmead man. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Noel. Where are you from and what's going on on the home farm before we crack into nature restoration? Yeah, so I'm a crooked wood man myself, uh, working with the Farmer's Journal, uh, not too far away away from yourselves. And it's all sheep we have here at home, so uh, glad to have the wool off them now anyways with the, the weather we're having now. Absolutely, yeah. Busy man juggling it all, Noel. And uh, you're writing away, as you say, with the Farmer's Journal. Last week was the the breaking news, if we will, in relation to the nature restoration law. This is something that I've been covering lots and lots here on the programme, especially farmers in uh, County Offaly, very conscious, very worried about the bog re-wetting and what was going to happen to them. And this nature restoration law, last week, it it left out bog re-wetting. So are we out of the woods, Noel? Is that it? Uh, Are bogs going to be left as is or is there still some hurdles to surmount? 
Yeah, it, it's not quite as simple as that. So the European Parliament voted that it didn't want any kind of peatland re-wetting included this very controversial nature restoration law that has been kind of debated now for a couple of months. But there still is one final set of talks that needs to come round and the European Parliament will need to kind of hold up this position um, when it goes to the table with the European Commission and then with the Council of Ministers. So it is some positive news. Um, it was a very controversial element to this law, particularly for the Midlands. Um, vast tracts of land would could have potentially been in the re-wetting firing line, but it does look like there could be some reprieve from that, that there could be some sort of an escape. But again, um, there's still no final decision on it. And the background of this, uh, Noel, obviously MEPs uh, voting on it, they're under pressure then from uh, politicians in, in their home country. So when we think about bogs, we think about Ireland and we think about the Midlands and up around Connacht and whatnot. The rest of Europe, and, and maybe it's a silly question, but are we talking about much bog out in central or mainland Europe or is there predominantly, uh, is it Ireland that's uh, at issue here at stake? Well, I suppose Ireland, when, when it comes to farmed peatlands, Ireland would be the leader there. But there is uh, a couple of other EU countries that might have significant kind of portions of its forestry on peatlands. So even they might not be bogs, kind of as we think of them, but they would be peat soils. So that could be Latvia, Lithuania, even parts of Germany, Sweden. So we're not fully unique, but when it comes to farmers, um, the farm peatlands definitely they they would be a, more of a hot topic here in Ireland than they they might be elsewhere. And Noel, at the moment then, we're not 100% sure on this. It's looking good. It's looking like it's not going to be re-wetted. Uh, but, as you said, there's still uh, hurdles to surmount in relation to it. What's the timeline? I know it's very hard to give an answer on things like this when it comes to the European Commission and European Parliament. But timeline-wise, when are we, are we going to know? And if you were making an educated guess as to whether or not it will remain the way it is now, are, are we looking reasonably okay? Or is that too early to tell? Um, well, I'd say we'll start to know as we come to the end of the year. So there'll be European, a fresh set of European elections in 2024. So it'll have to be kind of closed up at that, that closed up either way. Um, but really, when it, when it comes to the re-wetting, um, we still haven't heard anything on the, the funding element of the law. So if there was to be a lot of funds kind of given to Ireland at EU level to allow farmers voluntarily maybe to, to go down the path of re-wetting, that, that would be one thing. But at the minute, um, the other proposals that's there would have looked for re-wetting to be compulsory for the state. So we'd have targets nearly like the emission targets that we'd have to reach and no clear funding stream there to, to do the re-wetting itself or to pay farmers to do it. So I, I think at the end of at the end of the day, like a lot of things, it'll all come down to the money and if there's funding there. But um, it, it is definitely positive news that there's at least some signs that it might be left out at this stage. Do you think it might be something, Noel, that could be rewetting under a different heading? It could be some sort of biodiversity target or rewilding or it could be something else. It may not be actual flooding of 
peatland but it could be uh, something similar guised under a different name yeah absolutely um like there's other targets there that could kind of hit peatlands inadvertently so if we talk about maybe the designated lands there'd be a lot of bogs that are designated um maybe as sac or that kind of thing and the people that would own these bogs or would be beside them would be very familiar with the regulations that's there but even with this kind of stripped down version of the law that came out last week um there is still in that the potential for kind of nearly a back door to hit some of the lands with not re-wetting but as as you said kind of re-wetting under another name and that's something we'll have to we'll have to keep a close eye on Noel I'll say many thanks for joining me this evening there giving us an update on that no doubt we'll be speaking to you here again on the programme many thanks Noel thanks MJ uh, Noel Barden there with Smeadman with the Irish Farmers Journal so look it is good news at the outset and we'll have to keep an eye on it it's not fully across the line yet and then again we have to see look will it be rewetting under a different name or will some other schemes or some other a series of events be brought in and that's something we'll have to keep an eye on but as it stands look better better than where we were a few weeks back no question about that just before I go to a break I was reading a very good article that Dara McCullough wrote on the Farming Independent yesterday he went over to Holland for a couple of days it was a trip with Lely and it is really interesting just seeing the prices of land in Holland in comparison to Ireland. I know Irish land prices are moving only in one direction, be it leasing or sales, but Holland, roughly the size of Munster, and a huge, huge, huge output for such uh, a small area. Land prices on dairy farms from the north coast to the southern border ranged from, get this one, €48,000 an acre up to 88000 an acre. So, we're talking about twelve to 15,000 uh, as we go down the south of the country. And uh, just look at those figures, 50 to 90,000 essentially. The ambitious young dairy farmer, Dara writes, could easily cash their chips and head off anywhere in the world, confident that they can afford a larger farm and probably farm it with a lot less hassle. I think this is a great point uh, Dara's after making. And I think the same could be said for Young Irish farmers as well, uh, given the price of land and given the amount of foreign investment coming in to purchase a safe bet such as land, guys in Holland might just say, listen, I'm going to let this farm off. I'm going to head out to America and I'm going to farm with a lot less red tape and huge scale and I'm going to be able to build up my business. And maybe young Irish farmers are going to be saying the same in a couple of years. A young, ambitious Irish farmer with maybe 100, 150 acres uh, getting caught on the nitrates, banding, all these different areas. And they might just say, you know what, I'm going to let this off and I'm going to head abroad and I'm going to make my fortune there. I definitely think we will see more of it. There's no question about it. Just the amount of red tape and the amount of hurdles which are in the way of young dairy farmers, young, but dairy farmers in general now, as I said, be it derogation, nitrates, banding, uh, there's so many things there that you could definitely see an exodus where people may go further afield where there's less eyes on them and uh, they can still farm in a, in a business-like manner. Uh, a very good article, I have to say, and Darren McCullough writing every week on the farming Indo. Always really, really, really interesting articles. Now, coming up after the break, going to be speaking to John Parry from Gertine College. We're going to be talking about cow simulators. So, uh, large uh, plastic uh, rubber cows that students can handle and calve down 
in a practice before they do the real thing. Uh, really interesting in advance of Farm Safety Week as well. So showing animal husbandry, how to handle them. We're going to hear all about that in just a moment. Stay tuned. Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tillamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. Worshaw.ie. And you're very welcome back to Country Life here on Midlands 103. Now, it is National Farm Safety Week and we have a very interesting angle here with farm safety and we are going to be talking about cow simulators with uh, John Parry from Gertine College. John, many thanks for taking my call this evening. Absolutely no problem, MJ. Delighted to speak to you. John, before we move on to cow simulators and what they are and where this idea came from, it's first time on the programme. Look, everyone listening here is very familiar with Gertine College. An awful lot of people have gone to the college over the course of the years. Uh, when did you start as principal, uh, John? And can you give us a little bit of background where you're from? Certainly, yeah. So uh, you can tell from my accent that I'm a native of Burr. <laughs> Obviously, not really. Uh, I, I emigrated in 2019 from from the UK. Uh, I previously lived in Shrewsbury, just on the Welsh border, uh, a very rural part of England. Uh, so I've I've been I've been principal for four years now. Although obviously two years of that we were disrupted by COVID. So I'm I'm still getting to meet people and getting myself out there a little bit. Yeah. And you're from a farming background, John. From a farming background and, and spent many years in the UK working in agricultural colleges and in the advisory service. So so quite a broad background uh, and interested in, in all aspects of agriculture, yeah. And tell me, when these young students come over to Gertine for the first time and they're there in September and they're first time away from home and they're enjoying themselves, any trouble with them? Is it hard to keep them disciplined and keep them in line? Uh, <laughs> uh, MJ, I'm, I'm sure that you can remember what that felt like when, when, when you first went to college. And, and why would it be any different in 2023? And of course, they're, they're, they're here to have some fun as well as to learn. And it's about getting the balances, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And John, as I said, it is a National Farm Safety Week. And a really interesting story I came across yesterday is the investment in the ag colleges are making in calving simulators and injecting simulators. So explain yeah. this to us, John, for somebody who hasn't heard about this before, what, what exactly is happening and what will be available in Gertine in September? Yeah, certainly. So it might not be just here in September, but, but let me talk you through what it is. So uh, the carving simulator is a full-sized uh, anatomical model of a cow. Uh, so so uh, uh, fiberglass made, stands on a stand, you know, just absolutely looks like a cow until you touch it and you realize it's cold. Um, the, the, the back of a cow opens up and there is a, a model calf with articulating legs. It's got a vinyl skin to it uh, and ev all the joints uh, bend in the, in the correct directions. So we can place a calf in the uterus of a cow and we can give it all sorts of presentations. So we can have it coming backwards. We can have it coming in the, in the normal prone position. We can have a leg back. And the idea behind that is every student will have the opportunity to put their hand in the uterus of a cow and to actually feel that and, and get a sense for what's going on. So they can't see inside the cow, but they can feel inside the cow and, and their classmates can see what's happening and can watch that. Yeah, it's very, from very, from very my good. perspective, the, the, the gold standard is always to, to have students present on our farm during calving and lambing season so as they can actually do that really live um, but 
in reality, not every student is going to have the live opportunity to do that. Despite us having big herds and big flocks of sheep, not everybody gets that chance. So the second best option is, is, is to give people a simulated experience of that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm just looking at a figure here in front of me. The Chagas National Farm Survey shows there are around 4,500 non-fatal incidents each year on Irish farms, with just over half involving livestock. So we're talking yeah. 2,250 accidents with livestock. So definitively, uh, John, this initiative will lessen that in years to come when people just get more familiar with how to handle a cow how to get a cow into a crush gate not to handle one unless she is properly secured all of this will filter down it's a really good initiative oh it's a great initiative and and, and we all know that agriculture is a dangerous industry and, and and as teachers we've got a very clear responsibility to make sure that students have the skills to be able to protect themselves, but also the knowledge to be able to think through a process and to make sure that they're doing it in, in the safest possible way. And, and part of that is giving students the experience to be able to, to do these things in a safe way first time round. So lots of students that come to Gertine maybe have similar backgrounds to yourself, MJ, and they're very experienced. And actually, they already know how to inject an animal safely. And really what we're doing is just brushing those skills mm. up and making sure that they're at the modern standard. But remember, we do have some students that come to us from the town. Uh, and, and maybe it's going to be the first or, or the second time that they've ever injected an animal when they come to Gertine. So giving them the opportunity to practice on uh, a simulator, on an inanimate object, uh, to be able to do that without causing any uh, uh, ethical issues with the animal or any potential damage to themselves from a safety point of view, that's a big step forward. Yeah, 100%. Uh, John, in relation to Gartine and the courses, look, you're busy, busy, busy. Uh, courses are absolutely flying in the last couple of years. Yeah. You have an equine course back in September after a few years. Explain that to us, please. Yeah, absolutely thrilled to be able to announce that, MJ. Thanks, thanks for bringing that up. So, um, Gertine obviously has a, a tradition and a long, a long heritage of delivering equine courses, but in 2017, that stopped. Um, and, and, you know, we've, since I've been here, we've been working away in the background to try and resurrect an equine course. And we're delighted to say this September we'll be welcoming a group of equine students back on the campus. So it's a level five and a level six uh, advanced diploma in equine, the same as, as the green cert in agriculture. So these students will, will leave Gertine with an advanced level six in equine. And as part of that, they will also get the green cert. So we're confident that, that people in the Midlands in particular who have an affinity for horses and have a desire to work professionally with horses, this is a really nice stepping stone for them into a career. And the entire farm, uh, John, look, you have an awful lot going on between beef and dairy and sheep and horses and you have your yeah. miscanthus, you, you have all sorts. Just running it all and overseeing it all, uh, John, it's a, it's, a, it's a big job you have and it's a big task. And uh, there must be days where you spend a lot of time trying to keep everyone happy and trying to keep it all going. Do you enjoy it on a daily basis? I, I absolutely love my job. I, you, there's an old saying, MJ, isn't there, that if, if you find a job that you love, then you never work a day in your life. And, and I'm very, very lucky to be in that situation that, that I found the job which just suits me really neatly. So you're right, Gertine's a big place. You know, there's, there's 200 young people here studying on various courses. There's maybe 300 adults that are studying here. And it's a thousand-acre farm 
with with all of those mix of enterprises that you talked about but that actually makes it a really exciting place to be uh, and a really interesting place because there are so many uh, really keen young people around and, and so much to see and do to be involved in yeah absolutely john i'm going to say many thanks for joining me here on the program great rundown there and uh, look you have a maybe a summer break for a few weeks and back busy in september so enjoy and uh, no doubt you'll be back at it in a few weeks time thanks john pleasure to speak to you bye now uh, John Perry there from Gertine College and uh, obviously uh, Gertine has that event which is on tomorrow the farm diversification uh, event I'm going to be speaking about that a little bit later again with Brendan Hennigan uh, just before I go to a, a break a little auction I'm going to say little uh, but an auction which uh, shows just the value of farmland we're talking about the uh, cost of land in the Netherlands at 48 to 88,000 an acre well uh, County Leash isn't too far behind. There was a 50-acre residential farm at Rat Downey that made 1.4 million. That is 28,000 an acre. Um, what a price that is for a 50-acre farm. And uh, it's a residential farm. Look, there was a look at the picture of here. There's a fine house on it and a yard in the background. But uh, 1.4 million which is really, really, really huge, huge money. I haven't seen a price like that in a long, long time. And uh, obviously, look, the uh, the house added to it all, but eye-watering figures there. Just a word on the cattle trade at the moment. Uh, we are looking at in around that 485, 490 in factories at the moment, kind of flat prices there, obviously a few bonuses uh, to be got on top of those. But um, look, it, it's varying. Uh, the factory trade continues to vary wildly across the country is what Martin uh, Coughlin says in Ringside. But what would I say over the course of the last couple of weeks looks to have levelled out maybe a little bit. 10 to 20 cent a kilo slashed off lamb quotes. No good news there for sheep farmers tough year for sheep farmers and uh, in the mars quality stock of 50 to 70 ahead as farmers make like elvis to grab what they want again a headline from martin Coughlin here writing in ringside in the farming indo but uh, look grass i suppose is going to be the issue there now at the moment if we could get a little bit of dry weather and uh, get a little push on growth it would keep a floor under the lighter store trade but if that wet weather continues, really not going to help buying heavier cattle still going well, as always, uh, those uh, 550, 600 kilo cattle uh, and above. Uh, great trade for them. But as we go back in weights, then the demand wins slightly. Uh, now, coming up after the break, I'm going to be speaking to Peter Ging about Ossery Show. Peter is also involved in the Halstein Frisian Association. He had a big event on his farm last week. We'll hear about that. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> Country Life with MJ Cleary on Midlands 183. I have Peter Ging from Ossery Show on the line. Peter, many thanks for holding there for me. Hi, Brandon. Uh, Peter, a big uh, day coming up on Sunday and uh, you're, you're well used to this stage organising the programme for uh, the uh, show, I should say, for a long time. But uh, a lot of organisation going into it, uh, expecting a good crowd. Weather being the big one, Peter, what are you thinking for Sunday? How's it going to look? Uh, well, it's not looking good for Saturday anyway. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that Sunday will be okay. Uh, yeah, and as you can say, fingers crossed is all you can do. I'm just looking at the lineup. Uh, the big one, look, it's Agri, Agri Show, but uh, something that has become very, very big in Austria Show over the last number of years that's your, your trucks, your classic cars, uh, the machinery side of things, the vintage side of things. A uh, huge number of people come for this. 
Uh, yes, we have. Uh, there's big, been big numbers, and I believe the trucks are going to be huge numbers this year. Or that's what they're telling me, anyhow. Uh, depends on weather, I suppose. But um, a lot of people, there's some beautiful trucks there to look at. Like I know I was talking to one lad last year, and his truck was costing three hundred thousand. So it was a beautiful looking machine, all right. But it's a lot of money. Yeah, a lot of money. And looking at the rest of the uh, events, three and a half thousand prize fund, All Ireland. Hunter uh, Broadmere Championship, Meadow Meats 2000 Super Bull uh, Beef Championship, Calf Competitions, FBD Belgian Blue, Pedigree Calf All-Ireland. Uh, so if you're into stock, uh, it's going to be the place to be. It's probably one of the best shows of stock, or that's what we're told, that we're one of the best shows in the country for, for good stock. Um, we have a number of All-Irelands there in the Belgian Blues. That has become uh, become a big... Um, part of the show now this Belgian Blue All-Ireland you know mm. and it's sponsored by FPD so it's, a, it's a, there's big prize money in it so people are coming to that you know Some of the old classics as well let's see a vintage corn cutting it's always an old favourite but it's one that always draws a crowd Yeah we actually I think they were going to cut some of the corn today to, and they're going to trash that and mm. then we have um, we have 8 acres of corn that's just across the road that they hope to use old combines to cut that uh, when weather permitting, of course, but they're hoping to have a number of old combines and they're hoping to cut that with the old combines. Yeah, 100%. And Peter, look, it's a busy, busy lineup. You're a busy man uh, this weather. Last week you had a big uh, Holstein Frisian event on your farm as well. Uh, tell us about that big crowd downford. Uh, yeah, it was between two and 3,000 people, we reckon. Like, it wouldn't be, there wouldn't be any charge into it, so it's hard to know what numbers, but we think there was somewhere in that region of numbers in it. Uh, it was a great event. We had a very good fine day after all the rain on the Saturday or on the Monday. On the Monday, we didn't think it would nearly go ahead, but on the Tuesday, which was we were blessed with the weather, it was a lovely fine day and people were relaxed and enjoyed it. What was the mood like uh, from the dairy farmers in general, Peter? It's challenging enough uh, summer milk prices, lots of rain, weather's not really going great, not really what we want at this time of the year. Uh, was the mood good, bad, or indifferent? Uh, the mood was quite good for the things that are happening around, like milk price falling and uh, scarcity of feed and scarcity of grass, like as well, uh, was the big question going around. You know, where when are we going to get, where are we going to get enough silage for the winter? Was a big mm. question. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, as I said at the top of the hour, we're all looking forward to a couple of weeks of good weather. Hopefully, we get the tail end of that heat wave from uh, Europe. Uh, Peter, uh, just give us the the final rundown there on the the show times people come at uh, and the event, uh, etc. Well, the time uh, we're hoping to start early, account of the all iron so we're hoping to run off the classes early. So we'll be hoping to start judging at half ten. So people are welcome from ten o'clock. Gates will be open from eight, but you know, uh, people will be only coming in with exhibits at that time. So from about ten o'clock, we hope people will be on the on the field. We have a bit of music, someone playing music from half eleven, and we have a different band in at half one. So lots of music. Um, we've plenty for people, for whole family to enjoy today. Country Life on Midlands 103. Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tillamore. Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands. Worshaw.ie. Now we are back on Country Life and we have Brendan Hennigan on the line. Brendan speaking tomorrow at the event in Gertine Agricultural College, the Energy and Farm Diversification event. Brendan, many thanks for chatting to me here on the programme. Hello, uh, good evening, MJ. Good evening to your listeners. Uh, Brendan, your business is called Brendan Hennigan Coaching and you're going to be talking tomorrow to 
uh, farm business people or people who want to diversify into different areas. What do you offer farmers, uh, Brendan, or young business people or entrepreneurs who come to you? What are your services? Yeah, I, I suppose I am in my main role tomorrow. I suppose working with Cultivate uh, is, is the, the credit union finance uh, for um, for people that are with for farmers or for people that want to set up a new business. So we think obviously credit is very, very, very important to available as essential ingredient mm. uh, in for anybody setting up a new business. And I suppose one of the services that I'm I also offer is is coaching. I'm an executive coach and. Uh, Having spent a lifetime working uh, with farmers and with people setting up new enterprises, uh, I cert- certainly have an empathy and experience, etc. Uh, in addition to the coaching, to help them in, in many, many different ways. Uh, one of your success stories, Brendan, you've been coaching for many years, but you're working with a company which everybody in agriculture will know, and that's uh, JFC down in your neck of the woods. Yeah, that's a, yeah, JFC. Uh, John Cannon is the MD, and uh, I suppose that's how many years there? There are 25 or 30 years in existence now. But I was very fortunate, I suppose, when I was an agriculture advisor with Chagas at the time. Uh, John would have been a farmer, a part-time farmer. He was actually a calf dealer before he got into his present business. And um, I suppose that's a kind of a common theme going through, sort of from my experience, people that are very successful in setting up businesses and enterprises uh, have that kind of a background, which in addition to farming, they're involved. Either, you know, they might, they're, they might have been involved in auctioneering. Uh, obviously, anybody that's ever... Being a calf dealer knows you need you need special skills and resilience to make a living out of that. No, 100%, so yeah, 100%. so um, yeah, John would have started off with the idea of making feeding calves easier. This is long before automatic calf feeders came into being, and that time, certainly in Galway here, there was a lot of um, uh, uh, calves being reared, bucket-fed calves, and uh, anybody of the older generation that has ever tried to feed a bunch of six calves. Uh, with two buckets, uh, we'll know full well that it's, it's a really, really difficult task and that the, the, the ones that are drinking are fine, but the other four are constantly putting in, so to speak. So John came up with an ingenious idea of welding three buckets together. So you could fix, you could have you could have a three-bucket unit in one hand and another three-bucket unit in the other hand, and you could feed six calves at the same time with lots less stress on the calves and, of course, less stress on, on the actual feeder or the operator. And... So, uh... Brendan and JFC, we see where it's gone to today, a multi, multi-million uh, euro business and a huge employer and we all have JFC products on the farms. When someone comes to you, John, to say, listen, I have an idea here, I'm I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm in, in working on a farm or I'm in a rural area but I want to do this, You're, is it an, a gut reaction that you kind of say to them, I think this will work for this person or is it down to the individual, will an individual just keep coming up with new ideas until something clicks or what's your kind of thought process on it? Yeah, I suppose it's a combination, I suppose, of the individual, first of all. The individual is hugely important and obviously your gut reaction. So John started off with, say, with the buckets and uh, he got a big, big break. He got onto the Late Late Show and uh, uh, for, I don't know, for about five or ten minutes, but he would always say that that was the biggest break he ever got. So ten minutes on the Late Late Show, his product and his products got, got, got recognised and effectively that got him started. Mm. But he started on a journey with, with one particular product in mind, but today he has hundreds of products, and uh, so obviously 
once you start the journey, you do not know where it's going to take you. You know exactly. So, uh, and, uh, you know, you, you, that, that, I think that's 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 the big lesson from that one. And Brendan, look, I'd, I'd love to stay talking to you for longer. Unfortunately, we just had a bit of an issue you now getting getting you on the line, so I'm going to have to leave it there. But look, you're speaking at the event tomorrow. You're Brendan Hennigan Coaching.ie as well. If anyone wants to check you out, Brendan, many thanks for speaking to me this evening on the program. Lovely. Thank. No problem at all. Thanks, MJ. Uh, Brendan Hennigan there as I said Brendan Hennigan coaching speaking tomorrow at the event in Gertin uh, that is it for this evening's programme thanks to Brendan thanks to Peter Ging Osry Show this weekend John Parry from Gertin College and Noel Barden from the Farmers Journal County Westmead man join me at the start of the hour show is repeated Sunday morning 7am till 8am uh, wherever you get your podcast type in MJ space Cleary C-L-E-R-Y and we will pop up I'll be back with you this time next week when fingers crossed we have some sunny weather wouldn't that be lovely good night and God bless Country Life on Midlands 103 Brought to you by W. Orshaw Burlington Business Park Tullamore Supplier of New Holland's tractors in the Midlands W. Orshaw